0: all oh, my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders, welcome to the 30-minute lockdown, episode 9. we back in the building, man, each and every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, on all your popular platforms you get your podcast from. I am your host, Coach Defense, back again with another episode, episode 9 of the 30-minute lockdown, man. It's one of our best uh, and brightest shows, up-and-coming shows on the network, man. We're doing really big things out here, man, so I appreciate the support. Keep out, uh, like, comment, and subscribe to these videos, man. Keep the algorithm booming, man. So today's show is going to be a good one, man. It's going to be an all-L.A. show, all-L.A. all day, man. We're going to talk about Lakers and the Chargers. Uh, A lot of news going on with both teams, and we're going to break them down in short order. We're going to get into the Lakers first, and then we're going to talk about the Chargers' free agency moves, and what they're going to uh, hopefully look to do in the draft, and from my perspective. So let's get into the Lakers first, man. Let's talk about it. So Lakers once again, man. Ah! Ron. Where are you? Oh, I'm in a glass case of emotion. It got me in a trick back again, man. It got me in a glass case of emotion. I don't know what to do, man. Like, I, the moment is, is, I get to that point when I'm at that moment when I'm like, I'm like, yeah, we're right there. Like, we just need to hold for it, play this way, and play this level until LeBron, if surely, hopefully, prayfully comes back, right? And then they come in and, and, and lay a stinker last night against the Rockets. Now, I understand. And I knew going in, I said that, I looked at the schedule. I said, AD's hey, not going to play the back-to-back. So, I knew that. And they, and they look at it from perspective and say, well, you know, uh, it's the Rockets, right? They're tanking. They're not going to play hard. Whew. If you ever watch The Wire and you know who Clay Davis is and his famous line, that's how I feel. Because, yeah, the the Rockets, you know, they didn't take a night off on, on the Lakers. And it seems like even teams that are tanking or, or, quote, unquote, not, you know, good or trying to win a lot of basketball games seem to want to play hard against the Lakers, right? That's that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know what it is about the Lakers, the stigma of the Lakers, the, the lore, who, who LeBron is, who AD is, who the coach is, the franchise. They just People just want to stick it to the Lakers, man. I'm going to be real about it. You know, these guys are playing hard. I, they're not going to they're not, they're not hand it to you. You got to take it. And like I said, I knew 80 wasn't going to play. So now we're back to, you know, we were one game. We could have tied and been, we could have really been at 500 right now. And then now we backed down. We're back down to two games on the 500. Mm. So here we are. Here we are. So, you know, we're going we're to we're try to stay positive, though, man. You know, if you ever watch the movie Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. The Lakers got playoff chance, right? It's, it's a it's a possibility, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a possibility. You know, despite Braun being out, there's a possibility that the Lakers can, you know, quote, make the playoffs, right? So currently we sit right now at the tenth seed, right? Uh the tenth seed by half a game. So the Thunder are technically above us. So we're technically in the playing tournament right now. So if the playoffs started today, we'll be in a we'll be in the playing tournament, right? At the 10th seed. Whew, man. Like I said, he's saying there's a chance. So you know, in this run, you know, since the, since the trade happened, the Lakers have nine and five now. They were nine and four, they're nine and five now after the loss to the Rockets. Uh, seven and four since All Star break. Um, and the interesting note about this though is that they're four and four without LeBron since LeBron got hurt in eight games. He's been out they're four and four. They're now five hundred. Um, uh, like I said, we're four and you know four and three, but they, you know they lost the Rockets uh, just uh, last night. So, yeah, man. Um, it's rough. It's a rough go, man. It's a rough ass. Like I said, I was really positive when I when I. Developed this this particular segment. I said, oh yeah, we're going to have a good show and talk about the Lakers and how they're ascending, right? And then they let me down by losing to the Rockets, man. And just Those games, when you when you have critical moments and critical times, you can't give away those type of games. And, you know, we can speculate all day about what AD's health is and him not playing back-to-backs and this and the third. I, I don't know. This is my thing. If you're able to go, you know, you know in some semblance, I mean, if AD could have gave you... 15 to 20 minutes last night. I'm sure they could have won that game. This is presence on the floor. And it's in his office of prowess and his defensive abilities could have won you that game. You only lost the game by four. He could have gave you six points, five points for that matter. He gave you five points and he allowed you to win that game. He could have, in my opinion. Now, granted, the whole entire team shot poorly from the field. Most the only person that probably had a decent game that I can really give credit to is Austin Reeves. But despite all that, if AD was just on the floor for 15, 20 minutes and be 25 out of 40, you know, eight minutes, then I think we'd have been good. And we could have rested and then been, you know, fresh for Friday. But, nope. No AD on the back-to-backs. And I don't know if that's just a thing. They're saying, you know, some people are rumoring that the doctors are saying that he he can't play back-to-backs, try to preserve his body and preserve himself so he doesn't get hurt. You know, if that's the case, then, then, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's not ideal. It's not something you want from your star player, right? But if that's what they're saying and that's what's best for him and he can be effective and you don't have to play back to back that often then you live with it right but you know it's it's crunch time yet again i mean i would again i would maybe just, you know kind of at least have a conversation with the doctor say can he at least play a certain amount of minutes like put him on a minutes restriction on the back to back especially when it's the rockets like if you get let's be real if they would have got up on the rockets early he could have sat the rest of the game like probably how they blew out the pelicans the night before had, i mean he could literally sat the second the end of the third fourth quarter he could have sat because the game was so out of reach. Right, you could have sat, in the way they, especially when he was shooting the ball, he could have sat that game. You could have rested that game and bring him back a fresh shirt for the Rockets game and got the victory, right? But no, is we automatically sticking to the script, right? Sticking to the script is for our guards to so him not playing back to so back. You just know that going in, right? I looked at his profile on on uh, on his on Wednesday morning; it was already saying out. I knew he wasn't gonna play, but again, you know, is this? I don't know. It's it's a, the competitive nature in me, you know. If I if I can be out there, I'm gonna be out there. I think LeBron, you know, if he could be out there, he would be out there, you know. So it's just a it's just a mindset. The thing I problem I had with him, it's just you don't I don't feel like you want it, man. Like it's just like it, anything got to be on your terms. You're not as engaged or not as dialed in as, as you should be as, as as far as talented as you are. That's my problem with him, you know. But he when he's on the court, and he's whole. He's great, man. Like I'm gonna be real about. it. He's great. But again, if you're not focused and locked in. Every night and trying to, you know, do the you know, do what you can to help your team It's rough, man. But again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and browbeat it to death because if the doctor's saying he needs to be out because he's still nursing an injury or whatever the case may be, and it's a medical reason why he needs to be out and don't play back to backs for you know, for whatever reason, it is what it is. But if he if he just resting and he could play a, a small amount of minutes and get a victory, I would have my ass out there. I'll just be real about it. I would just have my ass out there. I don't know. I, that's just me. But you know, I'm, I'm a little, sorry, a little frustrated. It's it's, it's weird. I mean, it, I, I don't know. It's just it's just a different different mindset. And I and I and again, that's that's why I always say that he's always going to be a B player. He's never going to be an A and an alpha dog on anybody's franchise because he just don't have a mindset. You know, let's be real. You know, it's not only about talent; it's about mindset. You know, some people have great mindsets and don't have the level of talent that he has, and they all time great players. You know. You know, it's about it's, it's more mental than it is physical, so that's my rant about AD. But getting back to the to the focus of the program, you know, it, leading contributors in this particular situation has been AD, of course, when he's on the court. D'Lo, since he's been back, he's only played half of these games because uh, of his injury. So he's only played half the stretches. So he's been traded to the, to the uh, Lakers, uh, but he's been magical most of these games. Hachemore has been giving us quality minutes. Jared Vanderbilt has been a godsend, and Dennis Schroeder has been been masterful as well as in regards to his play even coming off the bench with D'Lo starting. So uh, these guys have been really uh, helpful, man. And, um, you know, just to break it down uh, how helpful they've been in, in, in his key contributing roles. AD is 26 and 13, uh, two blocks a game, 56% from the field. D'Lo, 20 points since he's been back, six assists, 47% from the field, 42 from three. Rui's nine, nine off the bench, three and, half, uh, three and a half rebounds a game, shooting 57.7% from the field and 45% from the three. Dennis Schroeder, 13 points a game off the bench, 6.8 6. 8 assists off the bench. That's a big number, 6 assists off the bench now. He's averaging more assists off the bench than D'Lo's average in starting. That's saying something. Almost a stealer game as well. Big-time contributor. Jared Vanderbilt, godsend. Like, this dude is is uncanny. What he does on the court, is it, it can't be quantified on the stat sheet for real. But his numbers are this, 7, seven points off the bench, 8 half rebounds off the bench. Mind you, getting eight, eight, averaging 8 rebounds off the bench is a big number. Let's just keep that real. A big number. And almost in averaging 1.6, almost two steals a game. Big, big-time contributions, man. Big-time contributions. So, you know, with that being said, you know, those are the numbers, right? So we're looking at it from an upcoming schedule perspective. Now, what do we say – how do we feel about this team and what they're going to do in regards to, uh, you know, how they're going to play down the stretch, right? Wednesday night, lost to the Rockets on the back-to-back. They beat the Pelicans badly <laughs> on Tuesday night and come back and lose again by four to the Rockets in, in Houston. So they come home for Dallas on Friday night. Now, Lucas banged up. So he may not play. He didn't play last night. So it's a good chance. I think it's a good chance, but there's a, a probability that he going he doesn't play again because of this leg injury he has. So they just got Kyrie and that team as up and down as they are, you would like to believe, especially being at home on a Friday night, they can get this W. But and AD should play. I mean, he had a great game against them last time. So I hope and pray that they can get this Dallas game. Then they bring, they bring Orlando in. That's going to be, that should be another W, right? Especially since you don't got to play it back-to-back on Sunday. So AD should play in that game. Then we, then we got a nice little layover. Then you got, go got to play Phoenix. Now, Phoenix has no KD. So that's going to be an interesting game because, you know, the t- the talent level they do have, despite having to have Kevin Durant, that was going to be a tough out. So if we're hot and on and we're playing, you know, good basketball, you know, especially with they having having two, two and a half days off, I would like to believe that we can get that game from Phoenix. But I, I'm not banking on that one okay see i think that we can get that game as well especially not being a back-to-back again but yet again much like houston if you, if you sleep and you don't have your, all your guns you know you gotta you gotta come to play chicago in two stretches sunday didn't into wednesday you go home to chicago then not go to way to chicago and back-to-backs uh you know back-to-back games you play chicago it's not back-to-back nights so they play sunday then they play wednesday so you should get both of those well, then you got to go to Minnesota on a Friday night. There was another, you got another, you know, it's a traveling time, but you got to, uh, but you get a night off. So hopefully you can get the Minnesota game. Same thing with Houston. You got to go to Houston this time. Another night off, go to Houston. You know, this nice little road trip you're on at the end of the season. Should be getting the Houston game. Then you go to, you know, to flip over to go to Utah with a night off. Should be able to get the Utah game as well. Then you got to come home technically for the away game with the Clippers on Wednesday. That's a back-to-back though. So you got to go to Utah. Then you come home technically, the Clippers game, but it's an away it's an away game technically for the Clippers because they're the home team in this regard. So I'm a little antsy about that one because if if, if the rule stands and and AD does not play for the Clippers game because he'll play the Utah game, then I, I don't got us beating the Clippers at all. <laughs> and they're playing really good basketball right now at this moment. And it'd be, it's sad because that's going to be the first time they play Russell Westbrook since he's been traded. And no AD, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a, a bad look for the Lakers. But it, it honestly and truly fits the status quo a little bit. It really does because. Every time they face a team that has an axe to grind against them, and and you don't have all your guns, the Lebron's out, the AD's out, somebody's out, and you don't have all your all hands on deck, and they do, and they and they come in and they and they and they beat you down, and that's, I so I got a feeling like that's going to be one of them, and then Phoenix again, Phoenix comes in, you know, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one too. I don't I don't know, I don't know. Then you got Utah the end the season, so if I had to be a betting man, I would say we we beat Houston. So we lost Houston, I'm sorry. We beat Dallas, beat Orlando. Phoenix is, is a, it, it may be. Oklahoma City, to Chicago, that's five. Minnesota, Um, you know, that's a, you know, Houston, Utah. Not, definitely not the Clippers, definitely not. Yeah, I'm going to give us maybe eight to nine, 10 wins in max. So I'm, I'm going to put it in the middle. So if it's eight low end, 10 high end, and nine in the middle, so I'm going to say nine. So I'm gonna say nine. So if we get nine wins in the stretch, that'll make us up with a final record of forty-three and thirty-nine. I think that's gonna probably get into, end us with the eight seed in the in the playing tournament. And then we have to play at least one game. Uh, yeah, one game. So seven, seven and ten, eight, and nine. I think if seven, if seven wins the first game, they win. So we might actually play to play two games in the playing tournament. I don't know. Well, I guess yeah. I think if you win, you you automatically in. So if the eight seed beats the nine, then they automatically end. Yeah, so if, it's, if seven and eight both win the first game, they're both in, and this doesn't matter. So you had to win that first game. If you don't, you got to play the second game in order to even get in the playoffs. Then you had to AC playing Denver. So who knows? So the last bit of this, you know, Le- LeBron James' injury. So I'm very skeptical about this whole situation. I really think he's more hurt than people are leading on, and they're just not saying. Anytime somebody gives you an injury report and they're not decisive on what this injury is, they don't divulge it, that tells me it's really bad. You know, that's how they try to hide Kawhi Leonard's uh, uh, ACL injury for a while in the playoffs. You know, how they try to hide uh, back injuries with Embiid. You know, it's a bunch of people they've had head injuries about in regards to their uh, severity of their injuries, right? So I'm concerned. I'm concerned. But if you, if you count the timeline based upon the time when he got hurt into the time the season ends, it'll be six whole weeks. So, yeah, he would have had six whole weeks if he doesn't play another game in the regular season to rest. So, is that time enough to get him right? We did see him on the court uh, Tuesday night and shooting free throws, no boot on. You know, he's been walking around the sideline with no boot on, dapping up players and celebrating with the team when they were doing good. So, he might be on the men. Uh, I did also see a report that he said they saying that he could. Uh, be ahead of schedule. Like he's feeling better. Um, that it's healing better than they thought it would. So that's a good sign. Um, but at, at best, I would probably say maybe the last week of the season um, that he comes back and plays. So you know, we go back and look at the schedule. That's likely uh, the last three games. So let's say hypothetically, we we get it. We get no AD on the back to back. But he plays April fifth. Let's say that. So he plays April fifth. He plays. You know, we have, then we have a, maybe a better shot with the Clippers um and then we got to play phoenix that's a stretch and then you got to play utah to end again in the season so and you will have ad and brown for both the last two games of the season I, I like a better cha- i like a chance i like a better shot at winning those games with those two components but it has a lebron has to come back for that so we just don't know but i think optimistically i think he comes back at the end of the season don't play any more regular season games he come back in the, the season assuming that they are in if it's if it's, to- if it's close and they can't Get into the playoffs without winning the last three games. He comes back early. If they can get into the playoffs without him, I got a feeling he doesn't play into the playoffs. That's my that's my take. I think that's what's going to end up happening. If he plays at all, he could be completely under hurt. My my pessimistic side say he's hurt completely and won't play at all, and they're just not saying. And if they don't make the playoffs, then they'll divulge after the season. But if they do make the playoffs, he might try. He might try it. I don't know. But I me mean, pessimistically, I think he doesn't play. Optimistically, I think he plays either the last three games of the season or the start of the playoffs. But we'll see. But again, it all hinges on him. If we're if we're in already, or we can make it without him, I think he sits and, and rests as long as he possibly can. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, man, the Lakers just had me rolling. Had me rolling, man. I just I'm up one minute, and the next minute I'm down. I just it's it's a rough go. It's a roller coaster, roller coaster of emotions. So so let's put on. We're talking about the Chargers, man. The Chargers doing pretty good when it comes down to free agency, man. Um, you know, we had limited money. It wasn't a big as big of a splash as it was. Uh, last year to this year right but um you know they made some signings um one big signing did you know a re- couple of big re-signings and then one signing uh in in free agency this uh in this past cycle so you know we're about we're about four days in to the free agency as a whole we had two days of tampering period. We can negotiate, and then you know when things come official we'll start wednesday into thursday so at the recording of this video we had signed Eric Kendrick to a two-year deal worth uh, $13.25 million in total. So he had two years, about about a little over six seven six and a half million million, $6.75 million a year, um, which is pretty good for a middle linebacker, although he's a little bit older. Um, you know he's, he's slated to replace Drew Tranquil, most likely, because Drew Tranquil was walking for agency, and we hadn't yet either re-signed him or going to re-sign him, especially with Kendricks being there and Kenneth Murray already on the, on the contract. Um, you also have a couple of uh, uh, younger guys, Amen and, and Nick Neiman, that are there as well um, on, the cont- on the rookie deals as well. So you got four inside linebackers. So the odds of them bringing Drew back is slim, I think. Um, you know, unless you want to bring him back on a, uh, I guess you can say a, sh- a short term deal to kind of you know fill out the room, kind of like we did with Troy Reader last year, and kind of uh, plug and play and mix and match each one of them. Like maybe play Kendricks and and Kenneth Murray on rundowns and use Tranquil and. Kendrick's own pass downs maybe um you know so that that could be an option but um but I'm not I'm not confident that they'll bring Drew Tranquil back although I would like him back because I think he's a solid player plus I think he can benefit from Kendrick's veteran leadership I think that they did right by bringing in Kenneth uh by bringing in Eric Kendrick for Kenneth Murray and and on the younger guys and hopefully they draft one as well um that will allow for them to mentor these young guys and get them to uh to, you know to fulfill the, the latent potential that they have? Because I think there's immense potential in Kenneth Murray, especially. Um, a lot of people are down on him, but uh, yet again, you don't get a, a nickname like K9 that means dog, in, you know, in college, without being a uh, highly talented player. So I think he has a vast potential. I just think he needs to he's, he needs to unlock it, you know. And I think he needs a system and, and some leadership from a coaching and a player perspective to kind of unlock his potential. So I think that if they do that, and Kendrick can have an effect on him. He'll 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 kind of break out. Um, but yeah, and if, if Drew's still there, he will benefit from it. Um, and you know, like so the young guys that either draft or, or they have in house, Nick Demon in particular, can benefit from his leadership. So I think it was a solid signing. You know, so he's been solid, haven't really been hurt. Um, a little undersized for me at a linebacker spot. You know, I like my linebackers a little taller, 6'2", 6'3". Um, I'll take 6'1", you know, if he's really a dog. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are my prototypes, but if, you know, he's a little shorter, but he balls, I mean, he, Eric Kendrick is a baller. I mean, you know, him and his brother, Michael super fast, you know, undersized but super fast linebackers that get it done and they're really good in the run. So, um, we, it's something we definitely need to being one of the lower teams in run defense in the past two years. We definitely need that, uh, helping him stopping the run should be an aided added bonus for us. Uh, secondly, is Trey Pipkin. We resigned Trey Pipkins, our tackle, to a seven point two five million dollar per year deal for three years. Um, so he's locked up for the next three years. So Olad is pretty much solidified. I think you got Rashawn Slater going into year three, Zion going into year two, Jamar going into year two. Um, Corey got three years left on his deal, I believe, and 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 uh, Pipkins is three years. So I think for the next at least three two to I think want to say least three two to three seasons, three seasons at least three seasons because I think. Uh, I'm Sure, that Salier not Salier but uh Slater has a fifth year option because he's a first round pick. The next three years, the line is solidified, um, in, in, in protecting Justin Herbert, so that was definitely a good deal. Um, I, I like the Pipkins' improvement uh, over the last uh two years. I'm working one out with Big Duke, um, one of the best online coaches in the game, and uh, he's definitely improved his uh production and his and his uh play for the last couple of years, and he's definitely earned that money. In a still, because most tackles that got paid in this free agent market got paid way more. And he got signed for that. And it's definitely a team-friendly deal that the Chargers can benefit from, you know, having to deal with Justin Herbert's extension looming. Um, and also, uh, as of just as last night, uh, we signed Morgan Fox, our pass rushing D tackle, who played really well for us last year. He was signed, resigned for a two-year deal. Now, at the time I recorded this, he didn't have a, uh, it, the details of the contract were not known, but it's a, definitely a two-year deal. We know it's a two-year deal, we just don't know what the money is yet. Um, but he's back for a two-year deal, which is great for our interior pass rush on our uh, pass downs, which will definitely aid in uh in allowing us to get to the pasture rush, pasture in the pass in the quarterback from in the internal rush as well as outside. So having Morgan in the middle, along with Sebastian Joseph Day in the middle, and having uh, Bosa and Mac healthy on the outside, I like our front and pass situation for sure. So that's definitely a great signing that we brought him back. So um, you know, as of right now, that's what the Chargers have done in emergency in the free agency pool so so moving forward another few other you know bits of news that we cut my father um which i saw coming and I, and i was he, he was one of my cuts on uh, on paper when, when i was saying how do we get under the cap um you know he was a very low uh, dead money uh, piece that you can cut and get a lot of cap space back he was uh yeah, I think he netted about six point five million dollars in cap savings for the charges after they uh locked up Trey Pipkin. So I think they they were kind of you know trying to wait on because he was on a contract for the next year. They were trying to wait on them signing the Trey Pipkin. Once they did that, they found room to, to cut Fowler because they were going to move Salier to left guard, which I which I love. I love him being the left guard. I love Zion at right guard. They're really good, big, strong bodies that can move the move pals in the run game along with uh, Corey Lindsay calling shots in the middle with Salier with uh, Slater and uh and uh pipkins on the edge i think we're pretty in pretty good shape from a protection standpoint so i like that um so cutting my father was a necessary move I, I i i'm not i'm not mad at it at all um he he regressed a lot and especially in pass pro um uh, for me in this the past season uh you know he just had a real rough time with interior guys like dj jones and chris jones and people like that um so you know he it was it was time for me it was time for me and, and i think the charges felt the same way so when it comes down to rumors um who we might get come going forward um, two of these names I don't like at all. mean, uh, they're typically tied to Kellen Moore because he's the OC now. But uh Josh Johnson the third, who's a safety, um, they played under Brandon Stelly when he's with the Rams. Um, he was actually a signal caller. Um, is rumored to uh be uh, headed uh to the Chargers potentially, um, uh, assuming they can work out a contract, uh, to uh play the third safety in in rotation potentially between second and third, if depending on how he if he can beat out a lowly gilman for that secondary spot. But um, if we, when we run three safeties and they're like a big nickel package, I think he'll be the third safety for sure. Um, and that will allow, uh, you know, to be, has have some more versatility, uh, in our coverage schemes and run support. Um, so I think he'll be a good to add. um, we also be talking about Dalton Schultz and being added as well. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not big on that move. And honestly, we have a tight end class like this one coming in for the draft. I think you need to go draft a young tight end. That's going to be good. You can, one you can groom and not pay big money for, for a Dalton Schultz or anybody else. I think it's a bad idea. Uh, like I said, he's tied to Moore because Kellermore coached him in Dallas. Um, and Zeke Elliott being, being released as well. They talk about bringing him in, but this also Eckler rumors going around and swirling about being a filling back. I don't like that either. I think he's a shell of himself. And I won't pay any kind of money to, to sign up for any type of Zeke Elliott production, which is little to none. The reason why the, the, the Cowboys got rid of him in the first place. So I wouldn't sign up for that either. So I think that Zeke is definitely a no for me and Dalton Schultz either, unless he signs a really, really friendly deal. But yet again, I still, I'm still, i still on, on the train that I want to draft over tight end because the, tra- the draft class for this tight end class has been, is, is a marvelous class. And I really feel like this, you got to go after one of these guys in the draft class that's going to be uh, pr- pr- productive and predominantly good for this Chargers team. And, and Justin Herbert, be, you know, one of his, be one of his primary targets in the next four to five years. So, I think that um you should definitely go out of the tight end draft and not pick up one and spend money on it, and I be hamstring to this particular guy and a veteran guy for the next three to four years. I don't think that's a good move, personally. So, um, so when it comes down to future uh, for you know free agent needs and desires, um, you know I started having Josh Johnson. I mean, if I could trade Josh Johnson for CJ Gardner Johnson, I would. Um, but I don't. I don't think we can afford CJ Carter Johnson. But I would much rather have him. The kid can play. I mean, he can play slot corner. He can play safety. You know, he's really good in run support. Really good in coverage. Ball hawking skills are all of these charts. So I would prefer to have him. That's my that's my desire. But you know, if we get John Johnson because he knows Brandon's Steady in the system already, that would be a win for us. Um, as far as outside of that, I mean, I would say maybe DJ Chark. Um, is is a, is a or or Miko Harman for some speed at receiver? Because what I would do in two forward is maybe pick up J D. Chark or 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 Miko Harman on a kind of a cheaper deal, maybe a one or two year deal, and I would go draft another speed receiver in the draft, which I'm going to get to in a minute in regards to what I feel like the Chargers can do um, from a passing perspective and add that speed element to the offense. Uh, so yeah, that would be my desires. But again, again, you know, you just have to fit it in and and uh, get them to agree to a deal to come in. So, but we'll see. But that'll be my desire is to have either CJ Gardner Johnson, Josh Johnson, or and or DJ Chark add him to the fold and we'll be off and running. Now let's talk about his Austin Eckler news real quick. Um, you know, he requested a trade, and and I understand it. I really get what, what you know what his issue is um as far as his contract concerned, because he wants to get paid one more good time because he hadn't you got be you gotta look at it from this perspective. He hadn't been paid yet up until this point, like a top-tier running back, and his production's been really great. You know, he came in as a UDFA. You know, undrafted free agent, you know, split carries with Melvin Gordon, finally became the man for two years. You know, they dragged the Josh Kelly and Spiller to back him up. They kind of, you know, spell him so he doesn't get burned out. And, uh, you know, his production, he scored the most touchdowns in the last two years than any other running back in the league. So, you know, he wants to be, get paid one more good time. But the problem is the market for running backs doesn't bear anybody getting paid. Like nobody in the, in the free agent market gotten paid. The, the average salary for a running back is probably about $2.5 million a year. So it really wasn't a good time. It's it's his time, but it's not a good time to be looking for money, in my opinion. So that that's a rough goal for Austin. Um, I'm hoping that he can they can mend fences and bring him back for at least this year. Um, because I really don't want to go have to address unless you got a good draft pick back for him, which is unlikely. I would, you know, I want I don't want to change our draft focus. To have to bring in a running back like a Bijan Robinson because people, everybody's clamoring on Chargers Twitter if they want Bijan Ro- B- B. Robinson. I would much rather go out the wide receiver and other weapons in the draft. And I'm going to get to that here now in regards to what we should do in the draft, but I'm hoping that he can come back and be the, you know, be the guy for these one more year. And then, you know, maybe franchise tag him or something like that going forward. And that will allow him to, you know, at least to his, to his 30, be a charger, you know, cause I think I do like him, but again, I, you know, the whole dynamics of it, I don't like it, you know, in all honesty, but, you know, it's a business, so you got to deal with what you got to deal with. So, hopefully, you know, things will work out. He can come back for this last year and maybe play one more year here, and then we can kind of move on. But um, I would definitely hope that he can at least come back and, you know, kind of realize that the market isn't really great for him to go out and seek another deal and play with the Chargers and, and he try to compete for a title. That's my take on it. So, when, so, we talk about draft strategy. So, since we've picked up the players we picked up and – and if we still get the guys that I desire, this is the draft strategy that I have. And I actually have a mock up here that, that that's showing who I would like to get. Um, round one, I'm, I'm, I'm been on this train. I'm going to stay on this train until we get to the draft draft of receiver in the first round. There's mainly a slot prototype prototype of a uh, a slot guy. I need a slot prototype. I need a guy that gets some speed, you know, mainly, uh, mainly a slot guy, mainly plays in the slot off the, off the line of scrimmage and can, can stretch the field. That's what we need. Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers, people like that. Round two, I would go after Edge guy. It's um, a couple of guys I like in, 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 in the draft that could be available in the second round, as you can see on the screen. And I'll read the names off in a minute. Uh, third round, I would go after tight end. Like I said, it's deep class. And there's a couple of guys I really like. There should be sleepers. Cornerback um, in the fourth round to, to, to help the cornerback room because we don't know what J.C. Jack is going to be like going forward. Uh, middle linebacker in the fifth. Interior D lineman, O lineman in, in the sixth. And backup quarterback in the seventh. So in my mock draft, I picked up Zay Flowers in the first. At a out I hope I said that name right out of Northwestern, Beast Edge, and because he can play all the different positions. He can play D tackle or DN. He's a he's a hybrid, so he's a really good pickup in the second round. Zach Coots, a 6'8, uh 245 pound, uh 4'5, 40, uh tight end with a 40 inch vertical, they can stretch the field. He's a really good player, tight end out of ODU. I like him. Uh Tra- Traverius Hodges Tomlinson, LT's nephew in the fourth as a corner Ventrell miller out of florida at from a linebacker perspective in the fifth juice scruggs as center he plays center or guard in the sixth and malik cunningham out of louisville quarterback at the seventh and i got an a minus on my draft uh, out of pff so i think i did pretty good did pretty good but those are my picks so hopefully you know we can get some of all of this in the draft and i think we'll be off and running based upon the free agents we picked up and the guys we draft so uh yeah, man. Tell me what you think in the comments, man. You know, as far as uh who you think we should get, who you like, who you don't like, um, what the Lakers are gonna do, what the Chargers are gonna do going forward, and um, and we'll be right back next week, man. But in the meantime, between time, I'm a man coach defense. Until next week, I see you when I see you. Step up and lock it down.